0: Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Tim, and I'm so glad you can join me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true, you can be more, do more, and have more. So, welcome to episode 106. I have a great guest today, Mary Shores, fantastic thought leader. Um, especially I love the work that she does around communication and that's what we're going to be talking about and I've been running into that so much with a lot of my clients in the coaching world um, with organizations and individuals and just seeing that people just aren't really listening they don't listen or they approach conversations just doesn't seem like they're really engaging with a with with a purpose and advancing toward commitment in the conversation and even obtaining commitment as to what are the next steps and what's going to happen. But a lot of it is just because they're not connecting in their communication. So this is going to be a great episode. I would love for you to check out more about the show. Go to uphillconversations.co and you will find all the episodes there. You can subscribe um, or actually send me a notice to be a guest on the show. And that's real easy to do. All you have to do is click on the button, fill out the information, send it over, and I'll give it a look-see and get back to you. Additionally, you can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Instagram at Uphill Convo, and uh, on Facebook, Uphill Conversations. So um, yeah, this guest today, uh, Mary Shores, you know, she started this collections agency and it is a high performing agency that has great, great success. And it's, you know, when you think about collections, you don't really uh, think of that as, as an exciting thing or a field to be in. But um, her clients actually send her thank you notes and um, amazing work that she's doing. And a lot of it is because of how she leads and how she leads with communication. But a little bit about her. Um, Mary uh, is the author of Conscious Communications. You can get that on Amazon and it's in the show notes. It's a step by step guide to harnessing the power of your words to change your mind, your choices and your life. Uh, Mary is a rec- she's recognized as a leader of innovative thought. She has spent over a decade teaching businesses and individuals how to identify their goals, create new ways of thinking and take action to create meaningful res- results. Mary travels across the nation giving lectures and teaching courses and has been featured on local and national radio and television shows, podcasts and blogs. This conversation is worth a listen. So if you're a person that wants to get better at your communication, you want to connect better with other people, you want to even be able to develop your listening skills, and you really want to see um, relationship go to another level, just listen to this episode. It is so well worth it. I cannot stress it enough. Also, for those of you who want to live into your day, don't forget, go check out the Gazelle Planner. Go to Amazon.com. Once again, this is not a monetized plug. This is just someone I believe in them and the work they're doing. And I use the planner daily and it has made a tremendous difference in my life. I like living into my day instead of my day happening to me. So if you go to Amazon.com, look up the Gazelle planner, you can choose your color. And when you check out If you go to the coupon code section and type in all one word, not case sensitive, going uphill, um, the creator, Kathy Fothery, gave me a code for my listeners, but just type in going uphill, not case sensitive, all one word, and you will receive a discount. So without any further delay, let's jump into this incredible conversation with Mary Shores. Welcome back to the show, Mary. I'm so glad that you are back. Last you and I had a conversation was episode 86. It did very, very well. My audience loved what you shared with them, and I knew it was time to get you back on. And I thank you so much for coming back. My pleasure. It's really exciting to be here and talk to you again. So why don't you uh, tell me, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Like, what's going on in your world? Because I know you've been moving and shaking out there, doing some great and amazing things.
1: Well, I've been doing a lot of traveling. I, especially over the summer, took several trips, both business and pleasure, I went to the Amazon jungle, I went to um, Rhinebeck, New York, took my kids on our annual family vacation, and uh, also went to San Diego to a conference where I got to meet uh, Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield. That was really, really fun because I love both of them as far as uh, admiring what they do in the world. And then I've been traveling around doing a lot of speaking and teaching on business communications,
0: That's great. I mean, it sounds like it's been very fulfilling um, in your journeys, especially those two right there. I've had Amy on the show before. Um, Maria Forleo, I would love to get her on the show, but you got the best of both worlds right there with those two.
1: I I sure did.
0: (laughs) So was it like, were you able to just like hang with them or was it like, was it just in a conference setting or did you get to like spend a little time with them?
1: Well, it was an event that they were hosting, so it was it was their event and I was just an audience member and
0: it was awesome. I bet it was. Those two just they just blow my mind. I just think they're incredible examples of doing things right, you know. They really they really do. Um so hey, let's let's do this. Um and um and I appreciate you once again coming back on. Um there, I had a lot of people really just love your cleanse or clog. And I don't want to get into it. So from your book that you have, you know, Conscious Communications, and um, and I did give them away to people. You sent me two copies. Thank you so much. And um, But I had people that just love that cleanse or clog to the point where, even in the book where you break it down in so many different ways, you break it down for whatever you're going to eat, you know, the way you work, like all the ways that you do it, Um, How can people continue to advance that? Like what type of technique of introspection? Um, And if you would like to kind of, you know, even bring it into more focus as to why cleanser clog, please do so. But how can people continue to extend it besides just starting it? And going, okay, I did that, but how can they now continue to use it as a greater tool for mapping, you know, for for further progress for themselves?
1: Sure, sure. I love talking about Cleanser Clog. And, you know, I don't know if I told you the first time around, Tim, but that concept is really what got me in the door with my publisher. And, you know, that was the it's, – it's the middle of the book. It's chapter five. And it is what I wrote my chapter on when I got the, when I did my book proposal and the publisher just went nuts for it. They, they loved it because you know what it's doing is we we, we have these complicated lives that we're living and we can be overwhelmed and bombarded with choices that seem confusing. And I really like to take the simplistic approach to everything and in fact, I think that that's one of my drivers to success is just like keeping things very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated to be successful. And so when I think about cleanse or clog, it's all about understanding that everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every action you take, and every choice you make in those tiniest moments of life is either going to create a deeper connection. Or it's going to drive a disconnection. You know, Mel Robbins has really exploded onto the scene with her 54321 concept. Right. And, you know, it's simple and that's why people love it. Well, it's the same thing with cleanse or clog because you boil your choices down and you say to yourself, is this going to cleanse me, aka can create a deeper connection to what I want? Or is it going to clog me, aka? move me further away from what I want. And so, and actually I can share with you because I just got this message on Facebook yesterday. This woman, she just finished reading the book and she says, I'm asking myself with everything I do right now, if it will (laughs) cleanse me or clog me. I've overcommitted myself this weekend in particular, and I had to stop and back out of a few things because I asked myself the question, and I realized doing all of these things would be a clog. I do like volunteering, giving, and being with others, but I found that I'm doing it at my own expense and well-being. I'm not filling my cup up at all and running from place to place, exhausting myself and not being able to fully be there. It's hard because I feel like I let others down when I say no, but if I say no, if I don't say no, I'm letting myself down. So by asking myself the question, cleanse or clog, I am aware of my truth. I don't think I ever focused on my truth before while I hate saying no, I like how I feel right now.
0: Oh, wow. I mean, th- there's no better way to put it. I mean, that is like, that is so real and so rich. So-
1: It is. Thank you. I was really pleased to see that. Um, It brings me a lot of joy to get a message like that. But like to answer your question, taking it a little deeper, I mean, I think she's a perfect example of how she took that deeper. So what she was doing was, even though all the things she loves to do are a cleanse, the volunteering, the giving, you know, supporting and serving others, she realizes that by doing that too much, that the overdoing it is actually a clog, you know, it's the same thing. Like one glass of wine is uh, helpful, healthy, a whole bottle, not so much, (laughs) Yeah. you know, but if we really, so taking it deeper, it's really tearing down those micro moments, those micro decisions, but also the macro, you know, the larger decisions in a weekend. uh, Sometimes I might say to somebody, you know, make a, make a time chart of, Make a time chart of your weekend or your week or your month and actually add up how much time you are spend doing each one of your tasks and see what you have left. Because then go through all those tasks. You know, you want to take this to level two. Uh, Go through all those tasks and then say on each one of those, just put a, I would say put a C for cleanse and a C for clog, but that won't work, will it? No, it won't. (laughs) Just figure it out. Each one of those things on the list of all the things you do in a given day, a given week or a given month. Is it a cleanse? It is a clog. And then start eliminating, start detaching, start adding things that are more of a cleanse. You know, right? this is not hard to do, but it is makes a monumental impact on the level of meaning and happiness that you can have in your life.
0: And not only that, but it brings you, it brings it back to what you said in a full circle. It's simplicity. It's, it's learning that we really, what our, one of our greatest needs is simplicity. We need to learn to simplify our lives and stop overcomplicating anything. And I think it was what Richard Branson, I think he, uh, yes, complexity is your enemy. Any fool can make something complicated. <laughs> it is hard <laughs> to keep things simple. And it may be difficult, but it's something that you have to put yourself in. And I love the the aha moment, if you want to call it that, with the individual who wrote that to you. Um, or just that realization that, hey, you know what? Even though these things are cleansing my activities, I'm overdoing it and I'm overloading. But what about the people on the other side of it that have become paralyzed and they're just clogged. Like there is no movement. You know what I mean? They're not doing a lot of things. They're actually doing nothing. How do you, how do you almost reverse engineer this for them?
1: Okay. So from what you say, and, and believe me, I've been there so many times in my own life because I have a tendency to add and add and add and never subtract And so if someone is feeling so clogged, I think that it, uh, okay, I'm going to introduce a new concept. Okay. All right. And it's, this is about empowerment. Okay. And what I would say is if someone is filling their life up with clogs, they're probably experiencing an empowered, a a disempowered state of being Mm. in their day to day, they're probably feeling overwhelmed. They're probably feeling like they're never able to do enough. and they probably honestly feel like shit on the inside right. about themselves. And so the first thing would be to ask yourself on a scale of one to twenty, how well do I feel right now? Okay. And if your answer, is like the way you're describing, I'm imagining someone's going to be at like a four, five, six, seven. Right. On that one to 20. Okay. That's okay. But just understand that in order to get anywhere, the first thing we need to do is to feel better. And I can't imagine that if you are filling your life up with too many clogs, like more than 20% clogs, right um then you're probably feeling pretty down and overwhelmed and and the first step is we need to address that overwhelming feeling and so i i talk a lot about empowerment and empowerment's a big buzzword right now so i like to define empowerment as when you really understand from the inside out like so from inside of you you understand what to do when to do it how to do it, the first steps to take, you know, and you really feel confident about it. That's an empowered state of being. And everything you create from a place of empowerment is going to show up stronger, faster, better in your life. It's going to be longer lasting. And most importantly, it's going to have a greater impact Mm. leading you to those outcomes that you want. But on the flip side of that, so empowerment, like we're going to say on that scale of one to 20, empowerment's when you're feeling like 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. You know, that's the time to take action. All right. That's the time you want to be taking action, moving forward, because when you're in that state of empowerment, everything you do is going to show up stronger, faster, better. Right. All right. But the flip side, back to this disempowerment, you know, you're feeling on a seven one day, everything you try to force yourself to create in those moments is going to show up stressful, chaotic. Mm. It's going to be a struggle, It's going to feel like you're moving through the mud and that you can't do anything right. And at the end of the day, the impact is actually a negative impact. It's Mm. like you regret it. Okay. so what you need to do in that moment is focus on your self-care. So, I'm pretty sure like, chapter three in conscious communications is all about self care. It's all about creating a self care routine. But I think that self care is yet another buzzword lately. Yeah. And we're all about it, but maybe we've made it a little bit bigger to obtain than it needs to be. Like, it doesn't need to mean that you have to go to like the world's most famous spa and take care of yourself. Um, it really can just mean taking space for yourself.
0: Yeah, creating that margin.
1: Allowing that nervous system to decompress. And then once you are in a little, like you're climbing that frequency scale of emotions, starting to feel better. If you're at like a four, you go five, six, seven, you're starting to feel a little bit better. Now it's probably time to take an objective look at the cleanser clog list and say, what do I need to detach myself from? Because in this journey of becoming our greatest selves in this journey of becoming the people who we are truly meant to be the closer we got to get closer and closer to that. And the more that we detach ourselves from the things that are distractions, from the things that are in our way, from the things that are clogs, the closer we get to that true authentic person. And that true authentic person is where all the power is.
0: Wow. I really um appreciate your definition of empowerment because you're right there are so many buzzwords and I love the I love the fact that you brought up that you don't have to go to the world's greatest spa, <laughs> you know, and spend because that's what people feel like, they feel like it, it's more complicated and it's back to simplicity again. But I also like what you said is being able to take an objective view and it's going to be very difficult to do that unless you simplify, would you agree?
1: Yes, because you know, when you're overwhelmed, everything just feels more complicated anyway. Right. And yeah, I mean,
0: simple, always better. Right. Do you you not notice and see that people, that's one of the things, I just wish it were easier. Do you you ever hear that? I just want this to be easy. Like, what's your take on that? Just in relationally, uh, business, work, life in general, it's like people are looking for ease. And I wonder sometimes if, Even some of the, like, for for me, I think you're a lifestyle um, teacher. You teach lifestyle. You teach habit, like, how to form the better positive habits, things that you need to be able to stay engaged with, maintain in order to see, like, you know, faster, better, stronger, healthier, fulfilled, those types of things. But people are looking for ease. And I think there's a lot of programs, if I could put it, out there that it's it almost feels too well, if it's, to me, it's like a placebo, you know, effect, like a person just gets the, ah, I got this thing. And I'm gonna go through these steps and this works the way you're talking about it is you're really talking, as you even mentioned about empowerment from the inside out and the importance of that. I mean, do you not, do you not see, I mean, are you, do you see that out there? Do you see people with this? I just want it to go away and they're trying to like find these quick fix kind of solutions.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we're so sold on the instant transformation paradigm. I mean, how many Facebook ads do you see? I'm living my dream life. And you can live your dream life, too, you know, by my program. Well, I was thinking about that a lot recently, you know, especially because I'm, I'm now in a position to be putting together my, my own programs and I'm not wanting to sell a bunch of fluff and like, oh, earn six figures and have the life of your dreams because we all have, we all want to have the life of our dreams, but. As soon as you start inching towards that life of your dreams, believe me, the life of you, the ideal life of your dreams might begin to change. And, you know, so let me let me explain what I mean. So I was I was thinking about this the other day and I posted something because um, I was reading something and it was like, oh, I'm living my dream life. And I was like, nope, scratch, edit that sentence. You know what? I'm living a life that is taking me through the journey. And that one thing that I realize as actually um, as of the taping of this show, it's October 1st, which means it's the first day of my birthday month.
0: Um, <laughs> uh oh! Well, happy early birthday, whenever it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, the th-
1: it's October thirtieth. Wow! But like I'm, I'm reflecting on my life, and I'm, and I'm looking at this journey, and I'm, and I'm appreciative of the wisdom that I've gained. I'm, I'm appreciative of the resilience and the strength that I've earned. And looking back on that, it doesn't mean that I'm living my dream life. That this is a elu- this elusive dream life. That I, I don't know that we're really trying. That we're really able to obtain this picture. A perfect um, dream thing, but what I can tell you is life is so much more beautiful than before.
0: Mm. That is so rich, and um, and and I love that you said live the dream. But you're you're you know it, that's where you caught yourself, and it's focusing more so on that that journey in the reflection, that introspection, you know, and then the observation, which I think is important, and it gives you greater insight. Um, and I think that brings you into being able to move forward with objectivity. I mean, what do you think?
1: Well, I think it keeps me real. I think it keeps me looking through that lens of true knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, I talk about like looking at things as either better than they are or worse than they are. It's a, it's a yoga concept, actually, from like the Vedic scripts talking about vidya. And avidya. So avidya means lens of perception. Mm-hmm. And so you can be looking at something through, say, a rose-colored lens of perception, meaning that you're you're looking at things as better than they are. Right. But but are you going to ask yourself this question? Like, it's great to be positive. It's great to be upbeat. But if you're looking at things consistently better than they are, you're making decisions based on a, a false reality. And same goes for if you're looking at life through a smudged pair of glasses, you're looking at things negatively, you're always seeing things worse than they are, which, you know, that person who's at a level four on the one to 20, they're going to tend to see things as much worse than they are in reality. Right. Well, same thing. If you're always seeing things as worse than they are, you're making, you're making decisions based on a false reality. And so the best that I can do is try to clean that lens of perceptions, see things as they really are, because that is gnosis. That is true knowledge. That is what, you know, they were teaching 22,000 years ago with the Essenes and you know the 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 ancient wisdom as i like to call it but like that's that true knowledge and when you're making decisions based on true knowledge i mean just think about the power in that
0: yeah there's a, i mean there's a lot of power, uh, power powerful um Information, I feel that like moves you forward, gives you actually the ability to move ahead when, which to me, it's the evidence. Like I'm a big, I say, show me the evidence. I like collecting evidence. That's, you know, that's where I start for myself. It's like, so if I have a thought run through my head, I say, Tim, where's the evidence? So is this just your premonition? Is this something that's, you know, I mean, I try to listen to my gut and I do that. But I also like to really spend some time really getting knowledge, understanding. I like getting feedback. I like, you know, sharing with trusted people that will help me with that because I think we need to spend more time shaping, you know, shaping what we are, you know, taking in and what we believe and how we're actually standing in where we stand and what we say we agree with and don't agree with but also we need it for you know making better future decisions i mean we can't control everything in life but i'm like you i believe there's so much wisdom even as you said you know these these ancient or it's ancient wisdom it's older wisdom but yet guess what it's like math math is the same I mean, we may have come up with some new formulas and new things, but we're still dealing with 10 numbers. We're still dealing you know, with computations that are very sim- similar. Um, and there are rules that go along with it. We need to understand that these principles and these precepts and these rules that are there, they're there for us to continue to move forward with. And I think that's what I love about the way you communicate. You really break things down. I love your, um, you know, don't say list <laughs> that you have, um, you know, with, with with your your business that you have on your collections. Which those of you who are wondering what does that mean, you can go listen to episode eighty six if you haven't heard it before, and we talk about um, some of um, what Mary does in her in her business. But the. In the conscious communications and now this, the communication code, basically these three rules and three steps of communication that you're operating with as a speaker and as a person that trains and helps individuals, um, you know, with their lives and where they are, will you, will you kind of let's move away from the conscious communications and move into this communication code that you really, um, you've shared with me, but you didn't give them all to me. You didn't tell me anything about them yet. The three rules, three steps of, of, of communication and, and how this code, um, which I believe has a lot of value in it. Um, obviously from your studies, your experience in your world, um, talk about it and, and, and lead us down a path of understanding how to claim the power of words that work.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So my, my passion is really communication and conscious communications. My first book is all about self-development. It's all about learning how to live that life that is more beautiful than it was before. And, um, The Communication Code, which is a project I'm working on right now, and it's what I go travel around the country talking about, mostly at business, in business settings, but it works in both business and personal. It's really all about understanding that we have basic human needs, and one of our basic human needs is a deep, primal desire for connection, We need to have connections with other people to survive. And, The communication code is three simple rules and three simple steps that help you create deeper connections in your life and in in your business. I have done an extensive amount of study into the neuroscience of communication and connection and really (laughs) from the funniest laboratory ever of my collection agency, (laughs) figured out, you know, the first thing is understanding the ways that we trigger each other. So like, as you mentioned um, in our previous episode 86, I talked about my mission of wanting to people to feel good about paying their debt, because having a debt is such a deep psychological burden. So I won't go back into that. But people can listen to that previous episode. And I invite you to do so. Uh, But let's just talk about communication. So first, you know, you have this do not say list. And the reason you're going to eliminate certain words from your vocabulary is because those words are going to trigger someone's nervous system It's going to put them in their fight or flight. And we all know fight or flight from like, you know, when we were a kid, it's actually, fight, flight, or freeze. freeze, Um, And so what happens is you say a word that's going to trigger someone, they're either going to A, put their dukes up, it's time to get in that boxing ring, or they're going to B, run away and try to escape, or they're going to C, they're going to turn into that deer in the headlights (laughs) and just freeze. Okay? So we have these words, no, not, can't, won't, however, unfortunately, and they're trigger words. And so if you think about if you think about someone saying to you, you know, Tim, I just absolutely love your show. I love being on a get. I love being on your show as a guest. I get a lot of value. Um, unfortunately, you know, as soon as you hear that word, unfortunately, the only thing your mind is doing now is preparing for bad news. Yep. Right. And and you're going to tense up. Or if you call customer service, say you call like the local cable company and You know, all they tell you is, no, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Our policy is blah, 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 blah. And then next thing you know, you're just feeling your frustrations rise. You're feeling hot you know,
0: and, and, and you know, you feel powerless.
1: Yeah. And you, you feel like, why do I even deal with this company? I, <laughs> yeah. I don't even like them. And you go on Facebook and you trash them on <laughs> yeah. Facebook. Right. And you, and then at, on some level though, you realize yourself that you're irrational. You're like, this person's just doing their job, blah, blah, blah. But there's a better way to communicate. And so I'm always saying like rule number two, just like replace these negative words with words that actually work to create connection with people. You know, tell them mm. like, look, I, I want to find a way to work this out. Um, I, I, I have, I'm confident we'll find a solution. You know, there's, there's certain words that will actually work to build that connection and trigger the opposite of fight or flight, which is the rest and digest. Mm. You know, we all, I bet you, I could ask you this question and I love to ask people this question cause I get such a varied amount of answers. Ask but, away. All right. So when you were a kid, okay. Let's just say you went to a holiday meal. It could be, could be, you know, winter holidays or summer holidays. Oh boy. I don't care. All right. <laughs> what was your favorite food that your grandma or your auntie or your mother made? I'm not being sexist, but yeah. let's just face it, it's usually grandmas that make the best pies and whatnot.
0: It was, <laughs> what uh, was it? stuffed cabbage.
1: Okay. See, always very strange answers. <laughs> uh, somebody the other day said meat stuffing.
0: Oh, and wow. I was like,
1: okay. <laughs> um, reminds me of my teenage boys. They have two food groups, meat and
0: meat. Meat and meat. Yeah, that's my my meat. boys are the yeah, One's in college, one's in high school, and they're, it's meat. And hey, is there any meat I could put on the meat? Yeah. Can I get a side of meat with my meat? Yeah. My
1: boy, same thing. I've got a senior in a, I got a senior in high school and a freshman in college
0: and and they're both, uh,
1: six foot four.
0: Oh boy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, anyway. Okay. So stuffed cabbage. Yes. Now. Okay. Has anyone else tried to make the stuffed cabbage other than like who, who made the stuffed cabbage?
0: It was my grandpa.
1: Grandpa. Oh, wow. Okay. So grandpa makes the stuffed cabbage. And um, has anyone else tried to make the stuffed cabbage in the family?
0: Uh, My mom.
1: And how's it work out?
0: It's not the same.
1: It's not the same, even if she follows the same recipe, even if she does it exactly the same, it's not the same. And I knew you would say that. And the reason I knew that you would say that is because our bodies are like libraries and they remember everything that has ever happened to us. Mm. Okay. It is stored in this amazing, miraculous system that we have. And it's actually part of it is stored in our nervous system. And so you have this strong connection about the stuffed cabbage and your grandfather that actually has nothing to do with the food, but it has everything to do with the way you felt. It was the playing with the cousins. It was all the love that you were experiencing. And see, we create that connection. That's why we have comfort food. Mm. And then it's so funny because I always ask that, has anyone else tried to make it? And they say, yes, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same, and that's okay. But do you see that actually we can create the same connection with our loved ones? We can create the same connection with our customers, with our clients, by saying words that are going to deeply primordially create this di- rest and digest parasympathetic response in our nervous system. Mm. Okay, so it's an amazing thing. It's rule number two. You want to say words. You replace negative words with words that will actually work to create deep connections. And then rule number three, which is actually this one is such a no brainer, Tim, that I actually cannot believe I am the one who stumbled upon this. But (laughs) It's like, let's start always telling people what we can do instead of what you can't do.
0: That's great.
1: It's great. And then you know what? It's the same as in conscious communications. I'm going to tell you, focus on what you want instead of focusing on what you don't want. In in person-to-person communications or in business communications, tell people what you can do. People are sick of hearing what you can't do for them. It's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't say no. Say, you know what? Here's what I can do for you. Right, Right. And and it changes everything.
0: You know, it's interesting because um, I have I work with organizations and different and I do coaching with their leaders. And and it's amazing. They would come into the room. And a lot of times these guys are talking about what they don't have, what they don't know, like all these things. And so I said, here's the rule. When you come in, what I want you to first start with is what you do have, what you do know, what you do understand. Put that out there first. And let everybody hear that. Let's start there, because oh my gosh, the whole room would just go. It just, it just the life would get sucked out as each person would. And I was observing at first. I'm just sitting in there, just watching it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's no progress because everybody just feels like you don't, you, you know, you're ineffective. It's not possible. You don't have anything. Like everyone's lacking. Oh my gosh, it's such a just. Oh, it's a demoralizing feeling.
1: It's, it puts you down that frequency scale of emotions. So, you know, when I actually came up with the concept of cleanser clog, it was actually in my business communications workshops because I I started it off with, you know, everything you say to your clients, every word is either cleansing the situation or clogging it. And then it wasn't until like years later that I, that I had that aha moment where I said, you know what? This doesn't just apply to communication. This applies to everything in life.
0: Yeah. But it
1: started with my business communications that I've been teaching for 15 years. And so, you know, understanding that like those words matter. The power, words have the power to create, they have the power to disconnect, they have the power to connect, but they also have the power to destroy and to disconnect.
0: Wow. So true. So the, just to, the one, two, three um, in, for the audience, just understanding how we trigger one another. That's a rule. You have to really understand it. Second rule is replace the negative words with words that work and build connection. Uh-huh. And then the third one is let's start always by saying or with what you can do, not what you cannot do.
1: That's absolutely correct. And those rules are great in theory. But what I have found is it's really important that I teach people how to use them. Mm-hmm. So I actually created a very simple three-step process of how to use the words. You know, th- this is the communication code. How do we use the words and And how do we actually make them work for us to create deeper connections?
0: Okay, do share. (laughs) All
1: right, so it's really- I'm loving it, I feel like I'm in school. Um, I feel
0: like I'm in university right now. You are like, (laughs) I mean, like good mind stuff. This is good, I'm like excited. (laughs) The next person I meet with after this, I have a meeting with someone, they're gonna be like, dude, you're like, I'm like, yeah, let me me tell you this conversation I just had. But go ahead, I'm sorry, (laughs) I do digress. (laughs)
1: So the three steps are- the first step is validate. Okay. Okay. So validation, this step is actually non-negotiable. I mean, I say all my rules and all my steps are non-negotiable, but let's face it, we're not all perfect. Okay. Right. But this one is so important. When we take the time to validate the person that we're talking about, um, you create, you build rapport, you build trust, you create a strong connection. You know, mm. in today's business world, you can, you can spend years uh, building a relationship only to have it fall apart with one bad communication. I mean, it's certainly happened to me. And if you've been in business long enough, it's it's happened to everyone. Um, but when you take the time to validate what someone is saying to you, now keep in mind, validate, is about empathy and connection. It is not about apologizing and agreeing with someone. Right. All right. I want to make this strong point that, and even in the coaching world, okay, and I'm not knocking coaches, but sometimes they want to move forward without acknowledging the experience that their client has just had.
0: I agree. Totally. Okay.
1: So, all right, we got to go back to these basic human needs. There's a human need to connect. There's also a human need to be heard. Mm. I'm going to say that again. We have a basic human need to be heard. And what happens when you're communicating is, I like to say that we have these check boxes in our mind. And in order, it's like it's like a grocery list, okay? You have to check the box before you can move on. Right. Now, have you ever been having a conversation with somebody, whether it's a client or your sister or grandpa um, anybody, and they're telling you this long story. And this story is getting uncomfortable for you because it's really not on point right. okay? Yeah. Now, what happens is, and you probably noticed this, I most people have. It would be unusual if you hadn't. But if you try to move on from that story and get back to the point, like you try to redirect, And then the next thing, you know, is the person actually starts the story over from the beginning. Yep. Okay. Now they're not doing this to annoy you. They're doing this because the box in their mind that says they've been heard has not been checked. Mm. So they are not capable of moving on in the conversation. And if they do move on in the conversation, they're going to do it in a way where they do not feel connected to you. All right. Right. So the moment that you validate, validation is just a few simple words. Let me give you some examples. You know, I can certainly see why that would concern you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I can completely appreciate what you're going through. I can see why you feel that way. It's not agreeing, it's not apologizing, and it's not sympathy, it's just connection from heart to heart saying, I see you. I hear you. Mm. When the person feels this, okay, they check the box in their mind and they are now emotionally capable of moving on in the conversation to step two. Step two is plant a seed of happiness. Planting a seed of happiness is actually the easiest step. It's the easiest part of words or communication code, because it's just saying a few simple words that are going to take you from Step one, which is the validation, and step three, which is actually using an action statement to say what the next steps are, okay? So it's just a few little words that plant a seed of a positive outcome because negative words, and the reason we get rid of the do not say list, negative words plant a seed of a negative outcome. Would you agree?
0: Oh, totally.
1: Positive words plant a seed of a positive outcome. So your one-two punch is, you know, I can see why this would concern you. The great news is, so the seed of happiness is, the great news is, and then you move on to the solution.
0: Mm.
1: Now men, this is great for men because men, when they're talking to women, a lot of times the issue is, They want to tell you what to do.
0: Yeah. They want to fix it. They want
1: to fix it. (laughs) Right. Have you ever seen the video? It's not about the nail. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
1: Cause he's like, and for the, for the audience, you can Google this. It's like a minute and a half video, you know, look it up on YouTube. It's not about the nail. It's a comedian. It's hilarious. He's like talking to his girlfriend and she's complaining about these headaches and she has a nail in her head. And he's like, Well, if you would just take the nail out of your head and she just gets really mad at him for (laughs) suggesting the obvious thing, right? So men, men, not just men, I mean, solution-oriented people, okay? Solution-oriented people really like to stay focused on the solution more than they are focused on the problem, and that's great. But it can also get you in trouble, have you noticed? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because, (laughs) so if you just apply these steps you know, I can see why this is so troubling for you. The great news is what we can do is X, Y, B, C, D, E, F. I mean, just you have a plan, you have a solution. Let's deliver, let's deliver it in an approach that's going to create deep connection, build rapport and trust with whoever you are talking to.
0: You know, and I love what you're saying because with that, I mean, it's, the planting a seed of happiness, I mean, you cannot skip that first step, which is validating. You have to validate. And and I like what you say, it's not about apologies and all of these other things, it's about empathy and connection. And um, one of the things I tell people, is it's complimenting them with an E, not an I. It's how do you compliment and help them along, but don't stop there. You have to say something to help move forward with it though. But you need to be genuine. If you really care, you'll, you know, if you really care, number one, you will validate. But number two, you'll really find out how much you care if you can do what you just explained there, plant this seed of happiness, these positive words for a positive outcome. It really shows a genuine care and that you want true connection with someone. And I love the way you're laying this out. This is fantastic.
1: Well, and let me tell you the results of it. So the results are you'll get less people you get less argument out of people
0: that's a good thing
1: (laughs) you are you are putting them in a portion of a section of their brain and their nervous system where they will be open to solution and not shut down okay because you're you're not saying triggering things you're you're really just building a deeper and deeper relationship in every moment that you use this communication strategy i assure you that um it really
0: works You know, um, and let me, let me, um, just as kind of like a, just let me slide this in here. A lot of people, um, okay, you've come up with this, right? This communication code and you're really good. I can tell you're good with sitting with people, but sometimes, you know, and I like to remind people of this with all of our learning and growing the things that we received. It is my hope that as people listen and even learn this, that, they don't use it to turn it around on someone else. You understand what I mean? Like, um, you know, they read a book about, you know, Hey, this, I read this great book and and it basically has, you know, the first five chapters are all about all the things that I can see going wrong in your life. And I want to give you a copy of it. You know what I mean? Um, you've got to still remain aware yourself. Like this needs to become a part of you, not just something that lives in your head as gold You know, it's like a meltdown, like people need to get this stuff, not just in their head and their understanding, but like I say, put some fire to your mind and let it melt and get down into your inner person. And I just want to kind of, I'm just throwing that in there because you're very wise, you're very wise and you have, you're very good at laying out these steps and doing this, but will you maybe even share a little bit about, you know, when you get it wrong, like when you struggle with it, even though you know this and it is simple it is, it may not be easy to do all the time, but what about when you get it wrong? How do you get yourself back on track with it? What do you do when the thing that you may be feeling is what you've been creating, like arguments and other things, because you're too busy focusing on what the other person needs to be doing and not what you need to do in the conversation?
1: Well, so I, I love the example that you gave, Um, as you started the question about using it sort of in a manipulative way. And, and let me assure you that I don't think that that would happen because number one, you would say to that person, like, you know, wow, I can really see like how I can, I can really see how troubling your situation is. You know, I've been in a similar situation. The great news is I actually read this book and this book helped me a lot. You know, you might like it. Right. It's just, it sounds way different than being like, oh, you need this book, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) People actually love
1: book suggestions, you know? So I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be upset if someone recommended a book. But you know what? You are going to do it wrong in the beginning, even though this sounds really simple. Like I said, it's not the way we've been conditioned to communicate. And so what I have found is like when I'm doing my trainings and I've got some upcoming webinar series, I I really encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn because when I do the webinars where I'm going to teach this... Um, I'll put them all up on LinkedIn. But the thing is that we have not necessarily been trained or, or conditioned to communicate. So we have certain conditioned responses that are just ingrained in us. And a lot of this communication code goes a little bit against that. But it does. It, it's okay because, listen, the way we communicate now sometimes gets us in hot water. Right, right and and we want to we want to just make things better i mean just like i was saying the goal is let's make our lives more beautiful than before let's make our let's make our communications more connecting than they were before. Let's see how we can be conscious about how we are communicating. And by the way, um, all of these steps and these rules are in conscious communications. Um, so if you haven't already picked up the book, and you want to know more about this strategy, you you certainly um, can check out the book and it's all in there.
0: Okay, and so um, I want to make sure we have these, th- this three-step process, validate, plant a seed of happiness, but also action statements. Is yeah. That, so the, the last,
1: one. the last step is you're just going to, you're going to use an action statement to tell the person what you're going to do for them. So, you know, remember, I really designed this in a business business setting. And so But this is if, so good
0: for person. I mean this is it really is, oh, it really is.
1: But the the format that I typically teach it in is is in a business setting. So you know like hey I can completely understand why this is troubling to you. The great news is what I can do for you you're, you know the great news is i can do xyz for you so you just want to use an action statement so let's say that someone has just asked you for something that you can't do let's say you called your let's say you called up to get an oil change at the car dealership and you say i need to get i need to get my oil changed you know what do you have open today and the woman says oh i'm sorry we don't have anything open today she could say instead, like, "Oh, I, you know what? I'm so glad that that you called. Great to see you. Want to take care of your car? The great news is I have an opening Tuesday morning. It just feels different. Right now, that's not that's not a powerful powerful example, but I use that example because it's similar or it's simple, and we can all see ourselves in that type of a conversation. Yeah. So it's it's just instead of telling someone no, we don't have, you say great, and here's what we have."
0: Right. And that that's a beautiful pairing with your third rule. Let's start with what you start with saying what you can do, not with what you can't do. Cause you're right. I mean, the impact and the way people feel things, the you know, the boxes that people check, the things that are already inside of them, you know, you're you're creating, regardless, every word that comes out of our mouth is causing some sort of reaction sensation response out of the person who actually hears it. We're get there. There is movement that is taking place. And that's what I love. The brilliance. It's simple, but I love how I mean, and it's to me, it's very well written, but very brilliant. Your conscious communications and then this code, it's something that you can actually you can grab a hold of it and you can actually work with this every day. To me, I mean, it's. I I, I mean, it's, it's as simple as, you know, most people know how to use a smartphone, right? They know how to pick it up. They know what to do, right? They know I push this button. That's what I feel like you're giving people push this button and here's what you're looking for. Push this button. Here's what you're looking for. And it also leaves room for discovery. And that's one thing I want to just ask you about. How much do you think people or what have you seen in, in clients and whether it's business or personal, when they go through these rules and these, you know, in these, in these processes, what do they begin to discover about themselves? What is something like some of the extraordinary results that they see about themselves? You know what I mean? Not just maybe the relationship itself and the connection, but what are they learning about themselves in this process and with these rules?
1: Well, I it, you know, if we were talking about personal development, it would be really easy for me to tell you what people notice about themselves. Um, sometimes it's a tremendous amount of self-love. Sometimes it's an awareness of an old belief system that they may have had. But I think that what's most appropriate, like if we're talking about the communication code, is more measurable benefits. Um, and it is the it is the measurable benefits that you get out of the relationship. So like, for example, um, when we started doing this in the first year alone, and this was before we even had the entire system built. built out. We really just had like the do not say list and, and, you know, always focusing on what we could do. We didn't have all the exact process in place, but our revenue grew 34% in less than a year now. I mean, so I think that's very measurable. Who would not like to have 34% more revenue than they had the previous year? I mean, hello, no one. Um, The (laughs) next thing was that that empowerment piece empowerment is really where it shows up because when your staff when 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 your staff knows how what to say how to say it and when to say it, their own personal confidence goes up and their anxiety goes down. Now, if I were to take that more into a self-reflection, I think I could say the same thing or claim the same thing. Because when you know what to say to someone, when you know when to say it and you know how to say it, then your confidence, your willingness to say those things that you need to say can go up. Because how often do we not say what we want to say? Because we are fearful. I call it fear of the freak out, we are fearful of how that person is going to react. But see, when you're confident that you are actually in better control of yourself in the conversation, you become less fearful of those reactions, because you know that you're first triggering their parasympathetic. The reason people freak out on you is because they are in fight or flight. It's no other reason.
0: Right. There's
1: no other reason. But remember, our bodies are like libraries. So every time we trigger someone's fight or flight, that moment is now stored in their nervous system. Okay. So that creates a wedge, creates a disconnect in the relationship overall. So another benefit is just like in business, our complaints disappeared. I mean, as a as a debt collector, you're prone to getting a lot of people calling your clients and complaining about you right. or or filing lawsuits or or you know calling you up and saying, "Oh, this person said this to me." We just don't have that happen. As a matter of fact, we get thank you notes. Um one of my collectors the other day had someone on the phone and said, "Oh, is this Mary Shores company?" and and my collector who was a little bit taken aback by the question. Cause she'd never had anyone say that before. And she said, yes, it is. And the person just was like, oh my gosh, she's doing such great work in the world. Like, this was really an odd <laughs> call, phone call. Um, but you know what? Because you're creating loyalty. You're bringing, you're treating someone like a human. And in so many business communication situations, we're dehumanizing the process. You know, especially in medical. I teach this a lot in medical because they're, medical for sure needs to have that human element brought back to the patient relations. Yep. OK, there's lots of industries, though. You know, you don't want to walk into a car dealership and just feel like you're being sold. Right. You know, you want to create a relationship. And believe me, that dealer, they want to have a relationship with you, too, because they want you to come back in three to seven years whenever you're going to buy another car. Yeah. So the benefit is that inner empowerment because your people who are communicating on behalf, you know, your staff is the messenger of your company. Myself as the CEO, I am like the voice that's going through that megaphone, but they are the ones, they are the ones delivering and the consistency. Here's another one. The consistency that creates in your life is, is unbelievable because when, you know, when you are behaving consistently, that's another thing that people, begin to build deeper and deeper trust and rapport. No one likes to have a friend who's hot and cold, who's one way, one minute, you know, very unpredictable. But when you are consistent, people know that about you. You know, they might not be able to put it into words, but they feel it. It's a, it's a resonance. It's a thing that gets them wanting to come back and back and back to you because they trust you emphatically. Right, and so that's that's you know in a, in a business situation too. It also just um, it reduces turnover, and it really like we believe it or not, you know at times we have a lot of people who want to work here just because they want to they want to learn this directly from me.
0: And as someone that does a lot of coaching on organizational health as a competitive advantage, I mean, this is like definitely. This is value. And when you have people wanting to get in the door, not just because it's just a great opportunity, it's to be a part of a culture like that. That makes all the difference in the world for an individual, not just to be gainfully employed, but to have fulfillment and and be able to learn and grow in an environment um, where people are, you know, sharing um, in this energy that you're you're putting into the organization. And I love the way you're bringing it back to: yes, you are president, CEO, founder of this company, but it's these people and to me, I mean, people are our greatest resource and we need to do better taking care of those relationships. So, um, this is awesome. You're great as always.
1: Thank you so much. And, um, I just want to tell you that I am really deeply grateful to be able to connect with your audience again. Um, glad to hear the feedback. Wow. I wasn't even expecting that. So like, believe it or not, you've just made my day.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Well, um, um, you have, you said you mentioned on LinkedIn, when will you be putting up, um, your next event? I know people can connect with you at Mary shores, um, on LinkedIn. Um, is there anything, is there another site you're putting up any kind of special page or anything like that, that you would like to share with the audience at this time?
1: Well, my website is maryshores.com. That's S H O R E S.com. Um, so you can certainly go there anytime you want to see articles that I've written. I mentioned before, I really do love LinkedIn. It's just so easy. Like you can write an article, you can post it right there, you can share your webinars. And um, of course, if you, if you sign up for our newsletter, that's really the best way. If you want to attend one of the free trainings that I do, I do, I do webinars all the time. I put them out there for free And if you want to be a part of that, I would say sign up for our newsletter, Fearless Ambition, because then you'll get the notifications and be able to be a part of that. As always, you know, my big ask, and it's a really big ask. It's hard for me to ask for things, but here it is. (laughs) If you resonated with what I said today um, and you want to know more The best way to do that is go on Amazon or wherever you love to buy books, check out the book Conscious Communications, read the description, read a handful of reviews, and you will know absolutely right away if this is the book for you or not.
0: Great. And always know that if you want to send me some to give away to the audience again, because you sent me two and I appreciate it and you signed in the front of them, that was very nice of you um I will give them away. I have been telling people to read it. I actually turned there's a company that does manufacturing in our area for BMW and um they bought a slew of them um for their leaders. Um oh, which is really good. <laughs>
1: I've done a, I've been invited multiple times to our local BMW or w dealership. The uh the owner loves the communication code. He's obsessed with it and um, so he has me come in often and teach his, actually his salespeople and his, um, uh, maintenance people, believe it or not. So,
0: no, that's great. Yeah, well, we
1: would love to send you two more books okay. so that you can disperse them
0: to your audience. All right. Well, thank you so much. I've had a great time with you. You as well. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, but you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. Always remember, you can be more, do more, and have more, but your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. But most importantly, please remember you will see people like Mary and me on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations, If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at UphillConversations.co. See you on the hill.